Amen. Let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to the Gospel according to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. And we're going to begin at verse number 22. Luke chapter 15, verse number 22. It's encouraging to uh, hear one of the selections from the choir today. Uh, you know, we're always trying to see affirmation, make sure we're on the same page with the Lord as and I know I am as a minister of the gospel, and it was encouraging to hear that song about the prodigal son and uh, the father waiting on him, the father going to receive him. And I'm glad, aren't you, that I'm glad that the father receives prodigal children who return to him. Thank God for his grace. But today, I wouldn't so much, I'm not going to so much focus on the, uh, the younger son, but the older son. The, the other forgotten son in the story, um, and we're going to focus on him here this morning. Luke chapter number 15, verse 22, if you're there, say amen. 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 Now tonight, the uh, word revival has gone viral uh, in the church community uh, for what's happening up in Kentucky. And tonight, if it be the Lord willing, if he wills it, I'll be, uh, I'll be uh, bringing a message about that subject. So uh, tonight, we're going to... Look at the word revival. So I want to encourage you to come back tonight uh, to see what God has to say about that subject. All right, Luke chapter 15, verse 22. The Word of God says, But the Father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and be merry." For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. But in verse 25, now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf. Because he hath received him safe and sound. Now it's interesting, this, the elder son was faithfully at home serving his father. He'd probably been feeding this calf. He probably had his eye on this calf for another purpose. But now he finds out that his young, wild brother has returned home. And the calf, probably that he had been, uh, he had been laboring with, has been killed to celebrate his long-lost brother returning home. So in verse 28, and he was angry. So this, the younger was out playing while the older was faithfully serving the father. So in verse 28, he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. If I would, it, it was meet that we should make merry and be glad. It's good. It's the right thing, the father says. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Jesus, in your name. We're already, we're glad for the worship experience that we've, 
that we've enjoyed. We worship you and praise you. And Lord, we pray, God, that you'll be glorified now through preaching, that your word would go forth. Lord, help me, forgive me of my sins, and help the pews. Lord, I pray, God, that you will converse with us today, that you will fellowship with us today by your word. You will edify and build up this church on these holy scriptures, Lord, that we could hear your word, respond to it this morning, and leave here in greater obedience to your will than when we came. We worship you, praise you, and thank you. In your name, Jesus, Lord, we ask these things. Amen. This chapter is a wonderful chapter. We, we're obviously probably all of us, many of us, very familiar with it. We have the parable of the lost sheep, we have the parable of the lost coin, and we have the parable of the lost son in chapter 15. If you think about those three, those three parables, the thought comes like, why do we drift away from God? Why do we backslide? Well, we think about the lost sheep, sheep are ignorant, we, we drift away from God because we're ignorant. Sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it when we're doing it. Anybody ever been that way? All of a sudden, before you know it, you're like, you're away from the fold. You don't even know how you got here. You've drifted away from God, and you don't know how that you've come to this place in your life. We do it ignorantly sometimes. That's, we're like sheep. We don't even know we're doing it sometimes when we're doing it. I'm glad that Jesus leaves the 99, aren't you? And comes after the one. Then sometimes we're like a lost coin. The, the woman, she was so careless. She lost it. Sometimes we drift away from God because we're careless. We're not paying attention. We just drift away. We do it because we're ignorant. We do it because we're careless sometimes. The lost son, though, he did it willfully, didn't he? We drift away from God because we do it on purpose. He wanted his inheritance now. He wanted to go into the far country, and he sure did, didn't he? And we always think about it when we think about the parable of the prodigal son, that sin will take you farther than you want to go, won't it? It'll keep you there longer than you wanted to stay. It'll cost you more than you could ever afford to pay. So sometimes we drift away from God on purpose, don't we? So we do it ignorantly, we do it carelessly, and we do it on purpose sometimes. But what's amazing about all three of those occasions, and all three of them, God is depicted with his arms still outstretched, with him still saying, you come to me, him waiting on our return. Now we think about the willful son who willfully went away. Now he's going to have to willfully come back to his father. But I'm glad the father was waiting on him when he returned, aren't you? It's a wonderful expression of God's amazing grace. But this morning we're going to consider the elder brother, the other brother, who also had drifted away from God, believe it or not. Though he was there, we can think about, we identify with him a lot. He, he's in the pew every Sunday, but he too had drifted away from God. He had drifted away so much so, if you look at verse 28, his father came out to see him too. The father waited on both his sons. The father went after both his sons and waited on them, trying to restore fellowship with him. The younger and the older brother, there's, there's a lot to compare and contrast. The younger brother, he's a rule breaker. The older brother, he's a rule keeper. Did you notice that? He stayed, the other one left. The younger brother, the prodigal son, he's a risk taker. The older brother, the one who stayed, he's, he's more conservative than his younger brother. 
The younger wanted to play while the older and he wanted to work. He was willing to work. The younger, he has an exciting testimony when he returned, didn't he? He could say, ah, the Lord brought me back from the far country. But the older brother, his, his testimony is kind of run-of-the-mill, isn't it? Most of us identify with the older brother. Most of us are, don't have an extraordinary testimony, flamboyant rebellion against God and experience the gracious return of a prodigal. We, most of us identify more with the older brother. Many of us are like him. We're rule-keeping, hard-working, faithful to God Christians, and faithful to our church, and most of us typically have unblemished testimonies. We spend most of our lives, haven't we, as Christian people laboring for God in our church. We've spent many of our lives loving other people and serving God here at Westside. Most of us here today, most of us identify more with the older brother, don't we, than the prodigal. If you're a prodigal here this morning, you can say you can thank God for His grace, can't you? You sure can. Now, in a, in a in a greater theological sense, all of us could say that we were the prodigal. We was far away from God before we met Jesus. We drifted away far from the peaceful shore, but I'm thankful that Jesus saves and redeems and calls us. But after we become Christians, and if, especially if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you could say that, you know what, I really identify more with the older brother. But just like the older brother, we do the same thing he does. We begin to develop this idea that God owes us a celebration too. Because, you know, think about this. The older brother, he's been doing the right thing for all these years. And then here comes the younger brother after who knows how long. It, probably, it could have been years because the, other bro- the older brother makes note of it. I have served thee for years, these many years, in verse number 29. So the prodigal might have been away a long time. The older brother was probably starting to get resentful about his younger brother. He's probably kind of getting frustrated that his dad kept talking about the younger brother. And the older brother's thinking, I'm here. The younger brother's getting all the attention while the older brother is cleaning out the stalls, plowing the fields, fattening up this calf that was killed for the younger brother. And the older brother, he begins to develop this older brother syndrome, they call it. That he's, the attention isn't really on him. The attention's on lost people. The attention's on the prodigals of our church. The attention is on those, those ones that we keep praying about, but sometimes we get like the older brother and we're like, well, what about me, you know? I've been coming to this church. I've been sitting in these pews. I've been singing these songs. I've been faithful to Sunday school. I've been living for Jesus, and nobody ever celebrates me. And here comes my younger brother, and he's finally drug himself in here, and he was late. He finally drug himself in here. He's lost all this weight. Look at him. He don't even have the right kind of clothes on. He smells different from me, and everybody's going crazy for him. And I've been here all this time. Look at verse number 29. 
And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Now count how many times he mentions himself. He does it once, do I serve thee? Neither do I, neither, neither transgressed I at any time, there's two. Thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me, there's three, a kid, you never, you never gave me a fatted calf, that I, there's four, that I might make merry with my friends, there's five. So five times in verse number 29, he speaks or references himself. He has what I call this, what about me syndrome, you know. What about me? This, 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 my brother, gets all this attention and all this effort and all this prayer and all this, all this, all this um, attention towards him, but what about me? And sometimes we get like this guy, don't we? Many of us identify with this older brother. And when we identify with him, sometimes we develop this what about me mentality. What about me? And therefore, this is what happens. When you and I start focusing on ourselves at Westside or our church or our relationship with God, when you start thinking, look, look, God, I've always been faithful to you. I've always done what you ask. I've always been a prayer warrior. I've always went to church. I've always done this. I've always served you. Lo, I've, I've served you this many years. Sometimes we start wanting to be celebrated, don't we? We want the celebration to be about us. And when we want it about us, in verse 29 like he did, and we want the, celebrated, the celebration pointing towards us, here's what happens to us. Number one, we fail to share in our Father's interest towards lost people. We fail to see it. We think, what about me? And we fail to see what our Father is seeing. The question is, why wasn't the brother waiting with his father for his other brother to return? Why wasn't he? He failed to share in the interest of his father because he was more interested in himself. He failed to share the interests of his father because he wanted to be celebrated. Why wasn't the older brother also waiting with his father? Why wasn't he? Why wasn't the other brother praying for his younger brother to return just as his father was praying for his son to return? Why wasn't the older brother interested in what the father was interested in? And the reason is, is because the other brother started to develop this what about me syndrome. And when they celebrated his brother's return, he lost it. Because where is his celebration? You see, today, if, if this whole thing today is about you, you fail to see your Father's interest. The Father's already got you, amen? You're already in His house. And if you're saved, then praise God, Jesus has already saved you. And you've been saved maybe a long time, and you've known Jesus a long time, and sometimes we begin to develop that older brother syndrome, and we start thinking this whole thing around here should be about me. Because you know, I've been going to this church for a long time. Listen, this ain't about you, amen? It's not about you. It never has been about you. It is about Jesus and His commission being fulfilled on earth. Amen? 
It's His plan. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. And if it's about me and if it's about you, then we forget to see what our Father is interested in when we develop the older brother syndrome. When am I going to have a party for me? Sometimes we get that way. When it becomes about me, we fail to share the interest that our Father has towards His lost, wayward children or to people that desperately need His saving grace. When it's about me, number two, we fail to rejoice when the Father rejoices. When it's about you, if it's about me. You know that one comes we've been praying for for a long time? And let's pray that happens, amen? And if, that, if you've not been praying for that or seeking that or interested in that, it could be a sign here this morning that you think that the spotlight is on you. Maybe that one comes that hadn't been here in a while and everybody's excited and you might think, well, I've been coming here for 20 years. I've become invisible. I've become unimportant. Maybe that, that lost son finally comes and sits by that praying mother and you fail to realize it because some way along the road you begin to think this is about you. That visitor's been here six times now and you still don't know his or her name. You know what that means is, is that some way along, some, somewhere along the path, you have forgotten what this is all about. That one comes, that, that Sunday school class has been praying for, and you're not excited that God has heard the prayers and that one has miraculously, it is a miracle, isn't it? They miraculously come and they're sitting by their father for the first time in 20 years and still maybe you're unmoved by that. You've become the older sibling. You think you should be celebrated. You think the spotlight should be on you. Instead of that one which was lost and is returned back to fellowship with the father. Verse 29, what about me? What about me? What about me? What about me? He failed to rejoice when his father rejoiced. He didn't greet his lost brother. Think about that. He didn't care. He could care less about it. He had no interest whatsoever in his brother who was lost and then I was found. He could care less about it. You know, in heaven... There's rejoicing over one lost sinner that repents. But in the church house, they'll lose it. In the church house, was that real? In the church house, wonder how they got them here. In the church house, they won't be back tonight. When that becomes our spirit at Westside then it has become inward. And when Westside becomes inward and loses an outward focus, that is the day that Westside begins to die. When Westside loses its focus for the glory of God in Christ Jesus, our wonderful Lord, and when we fail to rejoice in what He rejoices in, or we fail to, lose, or we fail to be interested in what He is interested in, 
We are so far removed from His will and what's become about us. And if it's about us, then it's not about Him. And if it's not about Him, then He's not lifted up. And if He's not lifted up, He's no longer drawing all men into Himself. And we're only drawing and gathering together because it's become a me party instead of a Him party. Amen. When it's about me, we fail to share in our Father's interest. When it's about me, we fail to rejoice in what our Father rejoices over. When it's about me, we forget, number three, that all the Father has is already ours. Look at verse number, look at um, verse number 31. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. You know what the Father is saying? You have had everything. You right now have everything. I have poured all that I have into you, the Father's saying. I have given you all that I have. I have spent all this time with you. I have sent you all these sermons. I have prayed over you and sought you all this time. I have kept you in fellowship with me. Why can't you just be excited that somebody else now is rejoicing in what you have enjoyed all these many years? Hey, listen, there's enough for you and there's enough for her. There's enough for her and there's enough for him. There's enough for this family, and there's enough for that family over there. It's not just, hey, I got my five saved, and I'm, I'm glad. No, I want that other five saved, don't you? It's not just, well, she's straightened up. I want him to get straightened up too, don't you? I want that church to be full. I want that church to be full. I want that other church to be full. I want that preacher to be on fire. I want that other pastor to be on fire. I want that other Sunday school class full along with the other Sunday class full. There's enough to go around. Amen? There's enough. But when it's been about me, you ain't ever had a party for me. You've never celebrated me. And the Father says to you and I, I've given you everything. Rejoice. You have it all right now. Be happy. Because not only do you have it all, your brother who was lost, he's found again. Amen. Not only are you going to heaven, but so is he. Not only are you saved, but so is she. And rejoice in what God is doing. And quit being so self-centered about what you can get out of it. You know, sometimes people say, well, uh, that's where I go to church. It should be here at Westside that that is my church. It shouldn't be that's where I go. It should be that's that's my church. I belong to that church. And you know when we fail to, when we get the me syndrome, it starts to be, you know, well, that's where I go to church. When it's about me, we start getting bitter. When it's about me, we start getting disgruntled. When it's about me, we start getting agitated. When it's about me, we start getting critical, don't we? When it's about me because you think it's about you. 
You're not getting served correctly. The sermons are too long for your taste. The sermons are too short for your liking. The songs aren't really what you enjoyed today. And what's about you, 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 you have no interest in what the Father is doing. I'll be honest with you. If that teenager, let's say, who came, got born again by God's amazing grace, and they didn't sing the songs that I liked in the choir, I say amen. Amen? Good, because somebody got saved. Amen? If somebody got saved and maybe the thermostat wasn't quite like I wanted it to be, then good. I'd rather sit in a cold building and somebody get saved than make sure that the temperature is just according to my liking. Amen? If that family who was out of church finally started coming to church, but Bryson kind of annoyed me today, who cares? Because that family we've been praying for started showing up again. We get so, amen, we get so distracted over ourselves. We fail to rejoice or be interested in what God is doing among us. Because we want the party to be about me. He sounds like a kid, don't he? He said, verse 29, Thou never gavest me a kid that I can make merry with my friends. It's not about you. Amen? Amen. Why does Jesus... See... This parable, we always focus on the younger brother. But really, the emphasis is on the older brother. Because Jesus is getting somewhere through the younger brother. We, all, we often think, well, the story is just about the younger. But Jesus is getting somewhere here. He's not telling us so much a story about how a prodigal returns to his father and the father is waiting patiently. That's grand and glorious and it's true. But Jesus is trying to get us somewhere else He's trying to get us to see the older brother, and the older brother is the focus of the parable. Look at the start of chapter 15, verse 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with him. Now the accusation is this against Jesus. If he receives them... He is condoning their sin. And that's not at all what Jesus is doing. I'm glad that Jesus is receiving sinners, aren't you? I'm glad that Jesus eats with sinners and receives them. But the Pharisees were saying, if He eats with them and He receives them, that He is condoning their sin and their behavior. So Jesus gives us this parable. And at the end, the focus is on the older brother. And the the focus is this. Why aren't you excited that these people are coming to God? That's what Jesus is getting at. Why aren't you excited that these people are receiving Jesus? Why aren't you excited that they have an interest in God? That's what he's getting at. The older brother is the Pharisees. The older brother is the religious crowd. The older brother is the T-crossers and the I-daughters, those who keep the rules, those who've been faithful to church, those who've been following Jesus. 
And sometimes the older brother gets jealous when the younger brother experiences the grace of God in a fresh and new, exciting way. And the older brother's upset that the focus is no longer on them. Why can't we be excited that these people are coming to Jesus? I want to ask you now, I'm closing, which brother are you? Are you the brother that says, I'm going to return to my father? I'll tell you what, if you are, then you return to Jesus. Amen? Or are you the brother, the sibling, who in the midst of rejoicing and celebration is upset that the attention is no longer on you? Are you interested in what the father's been doing? Have you been waiting next to him while he waits on his son to return? Do you go next to him and pray with him as he desires his son to return? Or are you so busy about yourself that you fail to see that the father is interested in this prodigal son that needs to return back to fellowship with him? Here's the point of the sermon. We need to care about what Jesus cares about. And we need to be interested in what Jesus is interested in. And we need to desire what Jesus desires and rejoice over one lost sinner that receives Christ as Savior. But how many times has God done a work in our midst and we leave here upset because you wasn't served according to your satisfaction. Hey, I got news for you, as the old preachers would say. Hey, I got news for you, honey. It ain't about you. It's about Jesus. It's about Him. Amen. Now the father went to get the older brother and said, hey, listen. It's meet that we should make Mary, verse 32. It's good. You're wrong, in other words. You've what did Bunny used to say? Some of you look like you've been sucking on a lemon head. Some of you younger kids might not know what that is. That's good candy, amen? Just, I didn't come here for this. <laughs> then you're wrong. <laughs> you can't be right all the time, amen? You can be wrong if you want to be, amen? Every time it's about me, I blinded to what all this is really about. I want to encourage you. I know we come to church to worship, to get help from Jesus, to have His Word spoken into our lives to help us. But I want to encourage you to stop focusing so much on you and start rejoicing in others and come to this place not so much about you, but about the interest of the gospel on earth through the power of Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 32, the Father said, It was meet that we should make merry. We should. And be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. The Father, the mildest loving rebuke is this. 
Hey, your brother was lost and found. He was dead and now he lives. You're wrong for being about you. You should be happy that God is reaching him. You should be happy. You should rejoice. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. What song are we going to sing, Bryson? Page 375. Listen carefully. The father, as I've mentioned, went after both sons. Both of them. He went after both. We all think, yeah, he should have went after the one that was dirty from the pig pen. Yes, he went after him. Because he was lost. He was out of the will of his father. And the father went after, yeah, the backslidden, dirty one. Yes. But the father also went after the older brother who had drifted away, yet he's so close to his father's presence because he started thinking about him. He wanted a celebration. What about me? What about me? What about my needs? What about my interest? What about what I want? What about what I want out of my... He focused it on him, and the father said, Hey, it ain't about you. It ain't about you. The father went after that guy too. Many times we think, well, since I'm here, I can never be backslidden. Since I'm here, I'm right in the center of God's will. You know, you can be at the right place with the right people and be so far away from God. You know that? Judas, for example. So close, but so far away. I want you to search your heart this morning and see if you share the Father's interest. See, if you rejoice over His success... If you're excited, I mean, when, when, if this happens at our church, if a, a, fa- a new family sits in our pews, we should leave here excited. Amen? Amen. I mean, excited. I want to ask you, have you noticed it? Have you noticed it? When we see a, a person seek God in our church, that should be the talk of the lunch. It should be the talk of the afternoon. Hey, God is doing something in that child. God is doing something in that family. God is blessing that marriage. God is working in that home. That should be the excitement of our church. We should rejoice over that. But oftentimes we don't leave here rejoicing over that. We can't even see what God is doing in our own building because they didn't shake my hand. Hey, who cares? They didn't talk to who cares. They left for who cares. Who cares? There was a new family here this morning. Praise the Lord. Amen? Praise the Lord. That should be our interest. We see somebody we haven't seen in a while. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Yes. But so many times, what about me? What about me? If that's you this morning, you're the other prodigal. You're the older brother. The father's looking for you too. He went out to get him. The Bible says he entreated him. He talked to him. Listen, son, I love you too, but I love him too. Can't I love you both? Can't it be about both of you? Can't you be excited? He went out to get him. And maybe this morning God is going out to get you. 
God's dealing with you. How long has it been since you rejoiced over a wayward son? How long has it been since you were excited about what God is doing in a family? How long has it been since you rejoiced over somebody else's answered prayer? How long has it been since you were thrilled that that family member got saved or God healed that person? Or how many times have you heard those testimonies and you say this, what about my family? When's God going to do that for me? When's, when's it, how many times? Think about it. Rejoice. And be interested in what He's interested in. Amen. Let's sing together. Help us, Lord.